Networking Lessons from Traffic and Conversion Summit 2017 on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by SocialPilot, the social media and marketing tool for bloggers and small businesses. Join over 20,000 social media pros at servenomaster.com backslash socialpilot today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. It's five in the morning and I'm back from my trip to America. I was at a conference called the Traffic Conversion Summit. I've called, always called it TNC, but now they've decided to become TCS. No thanks, I've been going for seven years. You can't change the initials on me now. I learned some really valuable lessons. As you know, networking is my passion, and I wanna share with you some of the more advanced things that I learned. At this event, which is the only event I go to in America, I go once a year, which means I'll probably be there for 2018, I need to bring in enough relationships and work to prevent the need to travel for another year to two years. I actually didn't go last year because my son was being born and I chose his birth over going to a marketing conference. Now, that does mean I have to rethink next year because I was planning on having another spring baby, but maybe I need to have a Christmas baby instead so I, my child would be like two months old and I can go next year. I need to plan in advance now that I'm thinking about that. What's really important when you go to an event is your plan. One of my friends, he went and his whole plan was to learn a lot from the talks. He said, I'm going to go to as many talks as I can. I'm going to learn a lot. And that's great. That's, you get a lot of value. And the first two times I went, that's what I did. And I was talking to him and I said, well, and he's a copywriter. I said, well, isn't your number one goal to find more high ticket clients, to keep your book full so you have money rolling in? And he said, yeah, but I want to learn this other stuff. And that was great. And so he went and after two days, he goes, oh man, I got to start networking. You're totally right. So the first lesson is to be really clear on your goal. See, the goal of I want to learn a lot from the talks is cool, but we need a longer term goal than that. What's your goal from the talks? Your goal is to grow your business, right? And the question is, what's the best way to grow my business at a conference or this type of event? Now, there are some conferences where I'll sit in the room the entire time. There are some conferences that the content is so good. And there's actually a couple of speakers that are amazing every year at this event. But you can buy the DVDs for this conference and my friend, is the guy who writes the notes for the conference. And he writes about 150 page of notes. He actually hires a bunch of people to do the notes for him after the first year. And you can buy those notes and they're actually sanctioned. They're no longer under the table. They're now not a secret. You can get all the information without needing to be in the room. And this is most conferences. Most conferences actually try to upsell you to the DVDs. So the content itself, you can acquire in multiple ways. You don't have to get it in the room. This is an important lesson. A lot of people don't know about this or don't realize it their first couple times they go to an event or they think, hey, and the tickets for this event, if you waited until the last minute, they're like $1,000 for a ticket. So that's a lot of money. You want to get maximum value. And you might be thinking, I want to learn everything I can. I paid a thousand bucks and that's okay. But that's a level one mindset. We want to look a little bit beyond that. We want to think, how can I earn that thousand bucks back? That's what I'm thinking. The second lesson is that everything happens outside the room. If you pay attention at a conference, and I'm always watching, I'm always observing and trying to learn because I don't know everything. I watch what everyone's doing and I'll watch a speaker and then I watch what happens after they talk. And once someone gives their talk, you never see them in that lecture hall, that room again. They're not in there anymore. So the question is, where'd they go? 
where did that person disappear to? Now, at this particular event, it's now like 5,000 people, so it's very different from most events. Most events are 500 to 1,000 people, totally different logistics. Usually at those events, you can find the speakers in the hotel bar or in the restaurant next door to the hotel, or they'll all be in one of the other people's hotel room all hanging out. Speakers tend to all hang out with each other because they're kind of uh, behind the velvet rope, if you know what I mean. And once I notice that at an event, I go, the speakers aren't in here. I got to find out where they are. That's where I want to be. I want to be in the room where the people who are getting paid to talk are hanging out. And so I began to see where people went. And in fact, at an event, what I did was I just followed someone. After someone gave a talk, they left the room and I just followed them to see where they went. And I watched them cruise right into the hotel bar and I walked right in and bought a drink. And then I bought a round for all the other speakers and I'm in. It's very, very easy to begin to form a relationship with people. Men never have people buy them drinks. Women are more used to the experience, of course. It's a common thing. We see it in movies all the time. We see it in dating all the time. You see a woman, you walk up, offer to buy her a drink. It doesn't happen to men very often, so when you do it for a guy, you're in immediately. When a guy buys me a drink, he gets my attention right away. And so I know it works on me, therefore it works on other guys. Easy way to start a conversation. The next lesson is that most of the good stuff happens at night. One of the people that I was in business with a long time ago who uh, has had a series of unfortunate, well not unfortunate, the ser series of deserved bad events in their life. Bad business partnerships, bad decisions in a, a business that hasn't grown in a very long time since I met him. Goes to these conferences and is always the first one in bed. He's always in bed by 7 p.m. says, I need my beauty rest. And um, if you've seen me, you know I'm not that beautiful, so that's not my focus. We started in the business at the same time, seven years ago now, but nobody knows who he is. We go to the exact same events, I see him events all the time. We worked on a project together a long time ago, it did not go well, so we do not have a positive relationship on any level. But I remember we first started working together, he would go to bed and I'd have to do all the networking all night. No one knows who he is, and all of the deals I form, people don't even know who this guy is because he's never up at night. I am not a party animal. Last night, I went to bed at 8 p.m. I woke up at 4.30, thanks to my son. You maybe even heard him making a little bit of noise in the background from the other room. I am an early to bed, early riser. I live on the beach. It's right now 5.16 in the morning and already the sun is starting to rise. It's raining outside a little bit and I'm waiting to see if the rain lets up to see if I'm gonna go get out on the water or if I'm gonna do yoga inside the house for my morning workout. When you are at an event, and believe me, it wears me out. I was so exhausted from all of this traveling. I went to bed at midnight uh, the first two nights and I wish I hadn't because I missed some of the stuff. Some of the best deals happen between midnight and 6 a.m. This is a hard lesson to learn, especially if you're older or if you're flying 20 hours each way, 30 hours each way like I had to do, but it's totally necessary. Sometimes you go into the hotel bar after all the other parties, you're on your way back to your room. And this happened to us Friday night. I was there with uh, my publisher in the health and dating space. I was so worn out. We'd been in a party just networking like maniacs for five or six hours and I was, my feet were killing me. I'm like, it's time to go to bed. And he starts talking to these two guys and they're the best two guys we met at the entire conference. They were the two really biggest deals that we kind of set up for that side of our business. When you're tired, when you're worn out, when you're sweaty, when you smell gross, that's when some of those biggest opportunities will come your way. The next lesson I want to give you is do not judge a book by its cover. I talked to you in a previous episode, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I talked about meeting Ron Douglas, the awesome guy from Blue Collar Backers. Very successful, very smart about business, very wealthy. But he dresses like a farmer. He dresses like the type of guy he is because he's a manual labor guy. But he's very, very successful. So people saw him and he doesn't dress like an internet marketer. No one was talking to him. And everyone made this assumption 
that this is someone who'd walked into the wrong hotel. But one of my friends, and this is one of my friends who was really smart, this guy called Ted, who works for one of the finance companies that I work with, he said, I saw that guy and he's dressed unlike everyone else. He goes, if you can walk into a place like this and dress like that, you gotta be really successful. He goes, that guy is obviously probably a successful person here. I go, he actually is, he's on a TV show. And he goes, I knew it. And Ted's right. See, I already knew who the guy was, so I had an advantage, but Ted said, this person's an outlier. And usually when someone is an outlier, they're very successful. Really successful people can dress however they want. That's something that you learn when you're around really, really wealthy people. A billionaire can walk into the most expensive nightclub in New York in boxer shorts in the bathroom and they're gonna get right in. Do not judge a book by its cover. Do not look for people that look like everyone else. My other friend, okay, who's one of the speakers at these events all the time and she works with the people who run the event and is very, very successful, her hair is like 15 colors. And her other friend has hair that's 15 colors and she's older than me. She's a lady in her 50s who's been very successful for a very long time, worked with a lot of celebrities. That you see her and you go, oh, that's just a, a lady who's like got her hair a bunch of different colors. She's probably crazy. When in fact, she's super successful and I'm really hoping I can get her as a guest on the show, actually. And she'll be sitting outside and no one's talking to her. And I'm like, this is amazing. No one realizes that she's one of the most successful and definitely one of the smartest people at this entire conference. Because she was a speaker at the first one I went to. So she's been speaking at this event for seven years. People are so busy looking for like that they ignore different. So my advice to you is when you see someone at a conference who looks like an outlier, who looks like they don't fit in, that's the first person you should talk to. Because everyone who's dressed in the same, there's something going on there. Now, thinking about this, I'm trying to think if I look like everyone else. I'm not sure if I'm dressed exactly like everyone else at a conference, because I just wear like t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> I've been wearing the same pair of jeans for five years. It's my only pair of jeans, because I never wear jeans on my island. So it's my first, the last time I wore these same jeans was at the conference two years ago. It's too hot where I live. So I'm not sure if I look too similar to other people. I was wearing a red shirt one day and everyone thought I was uh, working at the event, like a doorman, because they had red shirts, but theirs had writing on them. So maybe I look more like staff than a speaker or whatever, but you can also, if you want everyone to talk to you, you could dress like an outlier. I learned a lot at this event and there's a lot of moving parts and mechanics and this could be a seven hour podcast episode. I could talk about all of the different logistics because there's going to parties, there's getting invited to parties, there's tactics for throwing a party, all the things that I did. One of the next lessons that I think is really valuable, I wanna kind of focus on the ones you can really enact that are valuable, is connecting people that can make each other money. There's a, there's a phrase, and it kind of comes from, I don't know, maybe the Sopranos or that type of lifestyle called wetting your beak or giving you a taste. And this usually means that like if you rob a bank inside the territory, whoever your mafia boss is, you pay him a, a commission for being part of his organization. Continual plot point and theme on The Sopranos and lots of mafia movies. But the idea is that you, just by being there, you get a little taste. And in internet marketing world, online marketing world, we have this, and it's called tier two. Some businesses have tier three, that's super rare. Tier two is where you introduce two people together and they do business with each other. So if you're an affiliate for me, let's say you send me a customer who buys Servno Master. You send them to Amazon. You're actually an affiliate for Amazon because Amazon handles the transaction. Amazon pays you four to 12%. They're always changing the number and depends how many books you sell each month and all those things. But Amazon pays you a commission. That's a tier one commission or first tier. Amazon does not have a tier two structure, but hypothetically, if they did, if someone 
introduced you to Amazon and said, hey, this guy can sell books for you, Amazon, the person who did the introduction would get a smaller commission. It's pretty standard for tier two to be about 10% of the tier one commission. So if you make $5 for selling a book, that person makes 50 cents. The real magic is that you can have no list, no friends, no contacts. You can introduce A and B, these two people, A and B to each other. They decide to promote each other and that you're tier two on both sides of the interaction, you can make money for years. I set up a deal last week. All I did was introduce two people that I like and two people that I work with. They're in the middle of negotiations to see if they're gonna work together long-term. I think they are because they're both awesome. And if they do, it'll probably be the most profitable part of my business for the next five to 10 years, maybe even longer. A little introduction to two people that I like, to two people that I think would do business well to each other, and two people that probably would have met each other anyways. In fact, my whole party Saturday, my one goal for my big party, separate from all my health and fitness and the stuff with that partner and that publisher, was to introduce these two people and make this deal happen. And I worked very hard on it. I got them both excited in advance, I introduced them, and they both know that I'm gonna get a little taste. But they also know they're both gonna make a lot more money from the deal. So if each of them, let's just say each of them makes a million dollars. Person A promotes person B, makes a million dollars in commission. Well, my 10% is pretty good. And if it goes in the other direction too, person B makes another million dollars, that's another 10% my way. That could be $200. That's a pretty wet beak. That's the power of introducing people that are really good fits. That's why I meet people all the time that I would never do business with directly. I would never have a tier one relationship with them. They're way too different. What they do and what I do are so far apart, there's no way to introduce them. There are plenty of people out there that have amazing businesses that you would never want to hear about. As a follower of Serve No Master, it would make no sense for me to introduce you to people that sell anti-aging supplements, okay? But that's a really big business. I'm not in the supplement space at all. I don't sell anything that's physical. But I meet those people and I save that contact in case I meet someone else who has a really big audience of people that love to buy supplements. And then I can introduce them and say, hey guys, maybe two audiences will like each other. Don't forget to wet my beak. And it's all automated and it's really standard. In fact, you can do introductions online where you have a tier two link, where you have a special link that you send and it sends people instead of to the sales page, it sends them to the JV page. And I have the, actually, I have the same setup for Servo Master. I actually, I'm gonna work more and more on the affiliate setup this week because I know that's important. I wanna let more people get on board as affiliates. I haven't really let in a lot of affiliates up until now. But by setting up these little introductions, you can be very profitable at a conference. So if you go to a conference and you're thinking, I don't have a business, I don't have to sell, I don't know anyone yet, doesn't matter. You can meet two people at the conference. You meet someone at eight o'clock on Friday and someone at 10 o'clock on Friday and they introduce them to each other at midnight and they'll both take care of you because it's standard. It's a standard industry practice. It's not uncouth, it's not gross, it's normal. There's nothing weird about it. Now I introduce people all the time. I don't always try and jump in on that tier two action. This is something that I happen to have been planning on for a while because I saw some really good synchronicity and I kind of couldn't believe these two people didn't know each other. And I saw a big opportunity. And in fact, if this deal goes through and goes well, I know a couple of other people from both sides that could be really, really good fits. So I'm excited to see where this can go. Some coolness there. So I'm always looking for ways to grow my business. Now, one benefit of introducing two people is of course that tier two action. Another benefit is that people always remember. When people are higher level, 
they walk up to you and they'll talk to you for five or 10 minutes. They go, well, what can I do to help your business grow this year? That's a really common thing. A lot of people said that to me. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's how I talk. Most people who I talk to, all they want to do is talk about ways to help me grow Serve No Master. When I want to find out about their business and find out cool things I can do to help them grow. The mindset where you shift from me to you, that's when you will explode in business. If you simply go to a conference and you walk up to every person there and say, hey, my name is Jonathan. How could I help you grow your business this year? What's the number one thing you're looking for? You will become very successful. I know someone who, right when I was getting started, that's what he did. He went to a conference, it was a smaller conference, about 100 people, didn't know anyone, walked up each person and said that, and then began the cross introductions. There are a lot of things that you can do that are very valuable to me. Right now, one of the people who follows this podcast went through and helped me organize and clean up 20K a day. I got a little tired of going through editing my transcriptions and he helped clean it all up for me. Massive amount of labor, really big help for me. So he got to see the book first. He did a really big favor for me. Obviously he was excited to be the first one to see that book. He's now working on his first book. His first book might come out before 20K a day because he's like a machine. He got really inspired. He goes, oh, this is how you write fast? He's going boom, 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 boom. He's already written a book that's almost as long as procrastination. And I'm helping him every way I can. Every step of the process, any email he sends me, I answer it first. Anything he wants, I do it first. And all he did was a small, small favor for me, okay? It doesn't matter. There are a lot of people that do stuff like that. People email me all the time and say, hey, can I do this or can I do that? And I always, you know, I love those relationships. It's really cool to me. And it makes me want to give back value tenfold. I'll pr even if he never looks at another book that I've done, I'll probably help him edit and launch his next 10 books. No questions asked. Because when you give value first, people give it back tenfold. You really do get that magnified return. So if you implement these simple principles when you go to a conference or when you go to any type of networking event, if you pay attention to the right times to meet people, if you pay attention to how to give value, how to notice the people that are probably the most important ones there, and how to focus on finding out what you can do for them first. Because when you say to someone, what can I do for you? And then you do a little something, they'll do a lot for you in return. Because givers like givers. I like to give value. I set up a couple of deals last week that are really large financial deals for me. And then one of the person, people was like, I'm not sure those numbers might be too big for me. I said, okay, let's do a value exchange. It's okay for me. Let's find a way to help each other that's really, really cool. And all of that is gold to me. I love helping people and there's always value in forming alliances. Sometimes the real value is when someone shares their knowledge and you can use it to double or triple your income. So we want to have these types of strategies in mind when we go to an event. We want to look at the right moves to make. Now, these are kind of big picture logistics ideas. We can get into technical strategies and I do that in great deal in Networking Empire and I do that in some other podcast episodes as well. But today I kind of want to give you just lessons I learned, some unique things I learned from this particular event some of the directions that I'm gonna take my business in. Now I'm already seeing a massive return just from this one little event. I've already got tons of business booked. I've got tons of new amazing people coming to life. I've got some really awesome projects that are coming. And I also just got really inspired to grow and make a couple of moves that I just have been a little hesitant about. Deciding where you wanna take your business, deciding where you wanna go forward, these are important steps but it's also important to realize it's very hard to do it alone. So going to events, connecting with people, that's where you can find a great deal of value. Sometimes just having people who are on the same path as you that you can kind of commiserate with, that's where the majesty rolls in. The final lesson I wanna give you is that you should always say yes. One of the many, many things that happened to me, one of the weirdest 
was walking into the wrong room around four in the morning. I walked into the wrong hotel. There was a room next to mine where they happened to be having like a late night party. And I started talking to these people right away rather than being annoyed because they were being really, really loud. And I knocked on the door because they were so loud. Instead of going, hey guys, you need to shut up. I said, guys, can't beat them, join them. Let's do this. And they were partying and rowdy. And we started talking and at five in the morning, they go, hey, we're going on a boat trip in a couple hours. Do you want to come ride on a boat with us? Now that's the last thing I wanted to do. I was exhausted, I was worn out, but I said, yes. Five hours later, I wake up, I gotta get on this boat with them. I ride a boat, meet three or four other people, and I'm doing a little project with every single person that was on that boat. I've got something cool in the works with all of them because I said yes. <laughs> now, was the boat trip fun? It was all right. Was I seasick? Of course. Was I exhausted? Definitely. Was it freezing? Yeah, surprisingly, it was freezing. San Diego was really cold in March. But by saying yes, you'll end up in these moments, these opportunities that are unexpected. Now, there are certain things I said no to. I don't say yes to everything. A bunch of guys that I do business with all wanted to go to a strip club, and I said no. I'm too old, too married, too tired. I do happen to know that a lot of business deals get done uh, when people go to the, the after party, after party, after party. So even I, as good as I am at networking, sometimes my body just gives up. And maybe I'm leaving a little bit of opportunity on the table. Maybe I need to say yes there as well, but I say, I've never done that. I've been to a bunch of conferences. Half the time it's ladies who all wanna to go to a strip club late night, and I always say, that's too much for me. I don't like to go off-site. I don't like to have all that extra logistics. And saying that one time I did in New York at an event a long time ago, I was at a black hat party. I don't know how I ended up there. And one of the guys I met was, uh, let's just say Eastern European and on the other side of the law. I don't wanna get into too many details. And he dragged me along to a couple of different things. But that was me following the adventure. I was like, wow, I love when I meet like a big criminal. Let's, let's see where this plays out. That's the only time that's ever happened to me. And actually it led to no networking. So um, it led to no long-term business deal. It was just a crazy adventure. And that part of the night was the least interesting part. The five other parties we went to were way better. But I gotta be honest with you guys. So one time I did actually get dragged to one. Nothing came of it, so I'll probably never do it again. I'd much rather be efficient with my networking, but saying yes can be really the best move you make. Going to bed early, don't do that. Stay up late, yes. Come to this after party, yes. Come on our boat, yes. Come to this secret top secret party, yes. Meet these other people, yes. For a weekend, just do things you normally wouldn't do. Go a little outside your comfort zone. Do things that are a little bit different or unique for you. A lot of times you have to resist your first inclination when people are keeping you up all night instead of telling them to shut up, go join them even though you don't want to. Push yourself outside your comfort zone. Push yourself and remember, your goal at this event is not to get good sleep. Your goal is not to get rested. Your goal is not to learn a bunch of cool stuff. Your goal is to make money. When you remember that, you change the way you act. I do not pretend that I am someone I'm not. I am not in business to make the world a better place. That is a side effect. I am a mercenary. I am in business to make money to support my children. I am in business to have a business that takes care of my children. Now on the back of that, I do a great many things that are charitable, but I do not mix charity and business. I know a lot of millennials love to do that. For me, they're two separate things. The more successful you are in business, the more charity you're able to do. And that's my approach to charity. So it doesn't mean don't be charitable, but it does mean remember what your goal is and stay aligned with that. It's very hard to serve two goals at once. Many of those businesses that try to make money and serve a charity, they last one or two or three years, they get on a couple of TV shows, they trend, and then they die because people are always looking for that next new hot charity. Dead, focus on something that has longevity. 
build a business that can last, go the distance, and then you can support a charity for a very, very, very long time. When you're at an event, be laser focused on your goal. Your goal should be to make more money. Now there are other pieces in place. I need to learn how to grow my business to make more money. I need to learn this skill to make more money. I need to form a connection to bring in more customers to make more money. So there are different ways to achieve that goal. There are different steps along the path, but remember what your destination is and that will help you to stay on course. Oh, I'm tired. That's not my goal. I can sleep when I get home. I slept on the plane home. Nightmare. Everything hurt, but I slept for that 16 hour flight. So I don't need to get my rest when I'm at the event. I did my best to stay awake the whole time. If I could stay awake for 72 hours straight, I would. If I could do it without having to drink Red Bull, definitely would because so much happens. And if you're really efficient, you can get as much done at one event as you would at five or 10. I used to go to 20 to 50 events a year. Now I go to one because I focus on efficiency so I don't have to go to more. Look, I had a really good time. I love going to it, it's fun. But man, I got kids, I wanna have another kid. I want to spend time at home. I want to surf. I want to be on the beach. I'm out here right now. The sun's finally risen. It's windy. It's a little bit rainy. Can't see if the waves are any good. I'm going to have to go down and check because there's a palm tree in the way. This is where I want to be though. I want to wait for that sun to come out in a few hours. I'm definitely going to hit the waves today. As much as I enjoy going to events, they are a step along the path to my destination. They're not my destination. I know people that just go to every event they can because they love going to events. It's not my final goal. My final goal is that I'm a mercenary and you should be too. You listen to this podcast, not because you want to be my friend, not because you want to change the world, but because you want to make enough money to do the things you want to do. Now you may want to change the world, right? That may be your next step after that. You want to make enough money to launch your dream charity, or you may want to make enough money to support your kids or to go on vacation to retire, to quit the job you hate. But the reality is we're all mercenaries and that's okay. Cause that's what business is. We live in a capitalist society. When you are planning, on going to your next event, I recommend planning in advance, implementing these strategies, and taking advantage of the lessons I learned at Traffic Conversion Summit 2017. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.